0: Father, this morning, uh, we, we thank you for the good news. As someone remarked when they were coming in, we have to understand the bad news before we become, we become truly grateful and in awe at the good news. But thank you that we have good news to share for a, a, a world who is uh, dying, and if they don't know Jesus, uh, going to hell. May we be very aware that nobody, nobody, is right before you by their own works or by some religious experience. Nobody is right before you. Nobody seeks you. Nobody does good. it's, it's quite a bad news message, but today we get to hear your good news. May we celebrate and respond to that by not only responding by faith to Jesus as our Lord, but also by sharing this good news message. We'll have many, many opportunities over the next five weeks. May we take advantage of every one of those. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Bible says, and this is, I I always remember uh, Billy Graham, I've got good news for you today. And he'd say, the Bible says, and and the Bible says, without Jesus, every person is a sinner by nature, is a sinner by representative. the, The Bible indicates either Jesus or Adam is your representative. So without Jesus, we're all sinners by nature, we're sinners by representative and we are sinners by our thoughts and practices and choices. Every person is that way. And so the question becomes, can a person can a sinful person get just or right with a holy God? and if we can, how is that? How are we able to get right with a holy? how can we as sinful people get just? The word justice is, is the word there. It's a um, legal term. How, how can sinful people get just or right with a holy God? From chapter 1, verse 18, we have, uh, clear through chapter 3, verse 20, we saw bad news. We discovered that every person is guilty before God. There is none righteous. There is none who understands. There is none. None means no one, okay, just in case you didn't get that. There is none who who seeks for God. There is none who does good, not even one. Every mouth is closed, and all the world is accountable to God. The law, its purpose is not to save, the law can't help because its purpose is to reveal sin but it doesn't provide a solution for not for not, you know for for sinning all rightly deserve god's wrath all rightly deserve eternal separation from god that included you and me and yet remember good news the gospel that's what the word gospel means it means good news The gospel is the power of God for deliverance for everyone who has faith in Jesus. Everyone. I'd like to read uh, chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Well, I'll go to the end of the chapter. But now, apart from the law, please follow along with me. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness, that's the word, that's the legal term, justice. The righteousness of God has been manifested or revealed, being witnessed by the Old Testament, by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness or justice of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, his justice, because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness or justice at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of a law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews of Jews only? Is he not also the the God of the, the Gentiles, yes, of Gentiles also, since indeed God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one. Do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be observing what those verses teach about God's good news. In verse 21, it says, but now, I love those words. They remind me of of, um, over in Ephesians chapter 2, when it tells about the condition of every every person is spiritually dead. They are children of wrath. They were sons sons of disobedience. But then it says, but God, but God, God did something And here you see here that, you know, it says in verse 20, by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, something has happened that has changed everything. Apart from law, the righteousness of God, the justice of God has been revealed. The, the word righteous or, or it's, it's justice, it's, it's a legal term. It means to declare and make right or just. God's justice satisfied and revealed. It means all the demands of the case have been satisfied. And I, if you're following along on the bulletin, I've got the words there, the justice, righteousness of God has been revealed. And then I've got God's justice was satisfied by Jesus and his death. It's, it's mind-boggling when we understand this. We've been given little glimpses of this. I, I've been giving little glimpses of this in the last five messages. At the end of the message, I talk a little bit about what God had, has done. But, but think about this. God's, God's justice was satisfied by the person of Jesus and his work on the cross. And it was witnessed by the Old Testament law and prophets. Prophets. Old Testament predictions like Isaiah 53 that I hope we have time to read here uh, a little later, but Old Testament predictions saying that God's justice would be satisfied. We heard about it from the Old Testament, but now we see it. How can we personally be forgiven and made right or just with God? And the Bible's answer is through faith in the one who satisfied the Father's justice. We don't satisfy the the Father's justice. Jesus did that. And it's it's dependent on whether we have faith in this Jesus who satisfied the Father's justice. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 6, this is the work of God, that you believe in him, Jesus, that you believe in him whom the Father has sent. Jesus has become our righteousness or justice. Please understand that. Jesus is God's solution to our natures. We were sinners by nature. Jesus is is God's answer to our sins, all the sins, no matter what kind of sins, no matter how many sins that Jesus is God's solution to our sins and Jesus is God's solution to our representative. We're going to find this in chapter 5, that our, our representative was Adam, the first man. But when we come to know by faith Jesus as Lord of our lives, Jesus becomes our representative. We're no longer in Adam. In fact, the Bible says who we were in Adam was killed, was crucified, and now we have become new people in Jesus Christ. That God has provided the way to be forgiven of all of our sins. God has pr- provided the way for us to be made righteous or just with God himself. God has provided the way for, for, the, for us to be able to share his glory. This is what we were made for, to share God's glory, the essence of who he is. We are his creation. And this is true for every person who believes, no matter who we are or what we've done. It is truly Good news. And he says in verse 23, there's no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile so far as sin is concerned. Sin means to miss the mark. Without Jesus, all a person does is sin. It's who they are by nature and it's all they do. And we all fall short of God's glory. The glory of God is the majesty of who this holy God is. It's the essence of who he is. And we all fall short of that. I remember a Bible study that we were in with a, a group of young people, high schoolers, and I was teaching on this passage, and, and the person you know, said, look, look at all we've missed out on when we don't know Jesus as Lord of our lives. We fall short, always short. Remember the, the picture that we had, the, 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 the good enough. We talked about being good enough. Is anybody good enough? And the picture was, uh, you know, the arrows always landing in the, in the chasm in between ourselves and the perfect target over here of God, the holiness of God, the glory of God. We always fall short. And it says every person does that. It doesn't matter whether you are the religious Jew or the moral Gentile or the outright rotten pagan. It doesn't matter. All of us are guilty. We've all missed God's mark. We've all fallen short of God's glory. What a great loss. And it's almost like we move away in our, our shoulders when we understand what's taking place. We have these drooping shoulders, shoulders, and, and you, know, we're rightly condemned and we see, "I deserve, you know I stand with our head bowed and I deserve everything I get. I deserve hell. I've, I deserve eternal separation from God. No one can solve the problem but God then God, the judge, says, wait, I have a gift for you. For you, for you, for you, for you. I have a gift for you. And it says in verse 24, being justified as a gift by his grace, his undeserved favor through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith, and God says, "By my undeserved favor, you've been declared and made right and just with God." It's not just declared that way, you know. Some people think, "Well, we're just we're, we're just kind of look." God looks at us through these rose-colored glasses, you know, these tinted lenses, and He he says he declares we're right or just with him which is a true statement he does do that but he also makes us that way please understand that that a forgiven sinner is not just or right with god it's the way i grew up i grew up being taught that i was a forgiven sinner and it was good news to understand that i had been forgiven but it was bad news to realize or to think that I was still a sinner by nature. And the Bible says when, when Jesus died on the cross, he not only dealt with our sins, but he also dealt with us as sinners so that we could be ra- die with Christ, be buried with Christ, be raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. So, so he not only took care of our sins, Forgiveness. He also took care of us as sinners. He also took care of the, the sinful family we were in, being descendants of Adam. And now we are in the family of, of our Lord Jesus. All the sin issues have been dealt with. And we realize that since we've all sinned, that if a person is to be saved or delivered, it must be by God's grace. And that's what it is. Because of Jesus' death on the cross and paying the penalty for our sins, when we place our faith in Jesus, we've been seeing this word fiddles, F-H-I-D-L-S. We've seen that takes place immediately. It is not a, some kind of a second blessing. It's not something that happens later. The moment by faith we received Jesus as Lord of our lives, F-H-I-D-L-S, forgiveness of sins, hearts made new. Gives us a new heart, takes out the old one and gives us a new heart. We have this intimate relationship with God. That's the I in fiddles. D is we have direct access to God, which they did not have before. They always had to go through a priest or you know, some, some other way. L stands for law written on our hearts and on our minds, and S stands for the Holy Spirit taking up residence in every Christian's body. And the reason the Spirit is so important there is because only the Spirit can live a life that's pleasing to God the Father. But that Spirit now takes up residence in us and when we walk by faith, once we've come to know Jesus by faith, when we walk by faith, the Holy Spirit fulfills the requirements of the law. He lives the life through us that is pleasing to God the Father. It's a wonderful, wonderful deal. I pray that you know Jesus personally. And you look at this love and you look at this grace, this undeserved favor, it was through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Justification is a a legal term. It's a legal term. Redemption is a a commercial or a, a business term it, it, it means it, it's actually used in terms of the slave market that they would sell slaves during that time and you would go in and you would find out what the price was for a certain slave and if you were willing to pay that price you would buy that slave that slave now belong belong to you and so it was it means to set free by paying a price It was the payment needed to purchase a slave. Jesus paid the ransom for us. Jesus became sin for us. Jesus' death paid that price. God loves us enough to give his son to die for us. I've been really. I really wanna teach what the passage is teaching here, but I've been caught up in in just, in in God the Father's work on our behalf. Think of this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only unique one of a kind son. You think of the price that the father paid and you think of the, the price that the son paid becoming sin in our place dying on the cross for our sins, not what he had done, what we had done. And we realize here that our redemption was not cheap. It was a price no one else could pay. Nothing less than Jesus' death would do. And the whole intent of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ was to bring us to God as Father. And the first part of verse 25 tells us how God did this. He displayed his son pu- publicly as a satisfaction in his blood through faith. That God placed his son before it, it, that's what the word means to place before he he publicly exposed his son on the cross he displayed his son publicly as a satisfaction and so what the apostle paul does in these verses is he takes us from the courtroom dealing with righteousness and justice to the slave market where he deals with redemption and now he takes us to the temple the word propitiation is used in the Old Testament of, of animal sacrifices, that sinners would bring animals to be sacrificed in their place and for their sins. And the Bible teaches us that God's Lamb, Jesus, shed his blood to satisfy all the charges against us. It didn't matter whether those charges were our natures or our sins or our representative. The blood of Jesus satisfied God's just requirements. That Jesus took the guilty sinner's place and fully paid the penalty for sin. I put on your handout, all as condemned criminals, doomed slaves, and guilty sinners can be set free because of the person and work of Jesus on the cross. His body was given, his blood shed. The penalty, ransom, and sacrifice were paid. The guilt was fully dealt with I was thinking of verses that go along with that. I thought of John chapter 1, verse 29, where it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, I think there's one of the most incredible statements that's ever been made in terms of dealing with sin. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. Sins, sins are no longer the issue. Jesus is the issue. What will we do with this one who satisfied God's justice? Because of the work of Jesus, God is free and just to save those who will trust Jesus as Lord. I put on your handout, for each individual, it now becomes a matter of faith in the one who satisfied the Father's justice. And I ask a... A question there. Have you, have you have you by faith received what God the Father and his son Jesus have done on your behalf? And then I ask another question, when? When did you make that choice? If you think you're a Christian simply because you were raised in a Christian family or we maybe consider, you know, I was raised in a Christian nation, we're not Muslim, we're... Not Hindu, or well, I was raised in a Christian nation, as some people would like to call the United States. Um, that doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't matter if you were baptized when you were young, or baptized when you're old. It doesn't matter if you were circumcised. It doesn't matter if you're a church member. It doesn't matter what works you 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 tried to you, that you've done. It doesn't matter what laws you've tried to keep. It, it doesn't matter. None of those things matter. It matters. What you have done with Jesus Christ, have you, by faith, received him as your Lord and Savior? And when did you make that choice kind of makes it clear for you as to when you did become a Christian if you are one. Because if you are a Christian, you've made that choice. We need to consider these facts. The the work is done. It is a completed work. There's nothing more left to be done. Jesus dealt with all the issues on the cross. He became sin for us. And God's justice has been fully satisfied. And if you, if you by faith receive Jesus as Lord, you are forgiven you are made just or right with God. You will share God's glory. Your case is dismissed and the judge receives you, formerly this guilty slave of sin, the judge receives you as one of his own family. It's like, he pounds the, you know, the, the, whatever it is up there. He pounds with the, the pulpit. It isn't a pulpit. That's just the way I think of this. Um, he, but he, he pounds the, the lector, whatever it is. Bam, he do- pounds it. What is it? That isn't the word I was looking for. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> he pounds the gavel and he says, case dismissed. set the prisoner and slave free. Welcome to my family. And our ideas of salvation or deliverance must be true to this passage and must be tested by it. You have all these people today saying, well, the, you know, this is the way to God or this is another way to God or this is the religion to God or this is all this stuff. Every, every thought needs to be studied and, and, and brought to this passage because this passage makes it clear it's only by Being justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's that little passage over in Galatians chapter 2, verse 5. It's just one verse, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 16. He says, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. If you are right with God or just with God, it's because you have exercised faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. I've been waiting a long time to give this message. Man, it's been so good. In the last part of verse 25, is: this was to demonstrate God's righteousness or his justice because in the forbearance or the patience of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness or justice at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. At the cross of Jesus, God demonstrated his justice. He did this because in his forbearance, his mercy, he had passed over the sins previously committed before the cross. Before the cross, God was patiently restraining his hand in order that the human race could continue And many could be saved. Back in the Old Testament, they brought this little lamb. And this little lamb had to die in the place of the sinner who had brought it. But in the Old Testament, God was only passing over. And on the cross of Jesus, the real lamb of God died once for all in the place of all. I'm going to take time to read this uh, Isaiah 53. Just, just listen to these words. If you want to turn there, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of Yahweh been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But Yahweh has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people to whom the stroke was due? His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But Yahweh, was, listen to this, but Yahweh was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of Yahweh will prosper in his hand. for the transgressors. And I put on your bulletin, because of the work of Jesus on the cross, God can be both just, doing what the case demands, satisfying his justice, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The cross says that God is just and that he takes sin very seriously and yet God's love flows so deep that he chose to satisfy his own justice. It's the only way it could ever have been satisfied. Jesus' death both satisfied God the Father and delivered all who have faith in the Father's Son. And the end result is that both God and the former sinner by nature, are righteous or just. <laughs> and so God justifies and he redeems and he accepts and he forgives and he makes righteous the person of faith in the Lord Jesus, all based on what Jesus accomplished on the cross. My closing comments on that handout, faith in Jesus Is God's solution for our guilt, shames, sins, and natures. What will you do with Jesus who died for you as a sinner and your sins on the cross? If you have not believed and received this good news of God, how can you choose to reject such love and deliverance? If you are a Christian, this good news should cause us to fall on our knees before this loving, gracious God. In Romans chapter 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved or delivered. Later on in Romans chapter 10, it says, It's the person who hears God's good news message, chooses to believe God's good news message, and chooses to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, that's the person that is saved or delivered. I pray we get it. I pray we get it. There's salvation in no other name. If you're a Christian, you've made that choice to place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the work he did on the cross. I would encourage you, if you have done that, to share that message in the coming week or two. Wait for an opportunity. God will give it to you. He will. He'll give you an opportunity to share how you became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, how you became saved or delivered or right or just with God, redeemed. If you haven't done that, I pray that you'll talk with somebody here this morning about this. I'd be glad to talk with you. I know there are many others who would be glad to talk with you also. But if you have not made that decision, but you sense that the Lord is tugging on your heart I pray that you'll pay attention to that tug Our Father we thank you I thank you for giving us good news we have to realize how bad it was how bad we were in terms of being sinners by nature before we truly appreciate your good news the good news that could only come from you. So I pray for anybody here this morning who has never made that decision. Maybe they think they're they're Christians because of being raised in a Christian family or being confirmed or baptized early in life or, or some religious experience or ritual. I pray that they'd realize none of those things make them just or right with you or redeemed. Nor are you satisfied by those Experiences, or rituals, or um, those those wrong beliefs, those works of the law. I, I pray that we'd understand that the only thing that satisfies you is your son Jesus' death on the cross, and and by faith we receive him as Lord and Savior. I pray that this Christmas season is a time when we uh, uh, will share this good news with others, and will will see many people come to to find Jesus as everything they need. Thank you for the good news that we get to share. May may we do it boldly, confidently, in love with you, our Father, and in love with with your Son, Jesus, our Lord, in whose name we pray.